We are soul sisters. Walk alongside us as we take you through this journey of sisterhood. Join me, Jenna Urban. And me, Tara Machaco, as we walk in each other's shoes and explore our very different lives. Grab your soul sister to listen and laugh as we share stories of family, work, and small personal disasters. We're We're not perfect, but but nobody nobody is. Welcome back to episode eight of Soul Sisters Podcast. I apologize for our delay here with our episode, but I've been busy on the road recruiting a little bit, so things got delayed. Right, things happen. It's fine. We are going to pick right back up from where we ended in episode seven. So we talked about quitting and um, multitasking, and we went into a little bit about how it's very hard for kids to kind of multitask with different sports that they play, and they end up kind of quitting at one one of the sports yeah and kind of knowing when to walk away and when it's okay to walk away and you know we could we could we could literally go on and on and on debating about when to specialize in a sport when to allow kids to play multiple sports we could keep talking about that for for days and days but right um, we started to talk a little bit about when is it okay to walk away from something Mm -hmm. yep and that's how we ended so if you needed to kind of listen back to that is episode seven of the soul sisters podcast And we ended with talking a little bit about our personal experience and leading into today's episode. So um, I'll start with my experience as a basketball player. I played at Lackawanna Junior College for two years. And when I transferred to East Stroudsburg to play basketball, it was a whole different program that I was entering into. So it was something that was new to me. It was going in as a junior Mm. rather than going in as a freshman with the freshman class. So entering into a program that's already kind of been established and the players have been playing together was really difficult for me because, you know, I was kind of like a junior, but I was a freshman in the program. So it was hard for me to find my place. So what happened was I really struggled with, you know, finding my role on the team. And then we had a couple scrimmages and I just wasn't happy. Like the coach at the time was you know, trying to make me into a point guard and I just didn't have the confidence to be a point guard. I was always the scorer and I just couldn't find my place on the team. And I ended up walking away and quitting. So it was kind of like a rash decision. And I did it, you know, after a scrimmage. And mm-hmm. the more that I look back at it, you know, I do have some regrets of quitting and leaving the team. So Tara's going to Tara could talk about her experience yeah. as well. I can actually remember being like I, I wasn't able to get to a lot of your games because of playing at the same time. But I could remember being at that scrimmage right when that happened. Um, I, I think it's so hard because it comes to a point where, like you just said, you weren't happy doing it anymore. And if you're not happy playing a sport that you love, right, it's hard to give everything you have. Um, and I think both of us were very fortunate that we played high school basketball for our dad mm-hmm. and he did not treat us any differently. He was actually, I think, harder, harder. on us. Right. Um, but I do think that when you get to that next level, it's so different. It's it's a different lifestyle. It's a different level of commitment. It's a different right. and it's a different challenge. And, you know, in my case, coming out of high school, I was the, the all-time leading scorer at Dunmore. So, you know, you leave here thinking I'm, I, I had such a great high school career. Um, I was going, I was trying out for UI, USA basketball teams. I'm at all these camps and clinics and, you know, I was very heavily recruited. So you, you get this this bit of, I hate to say arrogance, but you do. And you're, you're, you get to the college level and now all 12 people that are surrounding you are, were all in that same situation. Right. They were all, all you know, the best on their team. Right. And you get to the, the division one level and... At, 
at that point, the coach is going to play not only who the best person is, but who's going out and producing and giving results. And um, when I got to school, I, I literally suffered through so many different injuries and ailments that I never, ever got myself on track. Um, I could remember as a freshman going in to our preseason workouts, and they were torture, and it definitely was not prepared to go into what we were going into. We were doing 400s on the track. Right. 400 is one lap and we, around and the track. And we actually had we like did, a, we, a really tough mm-hmm. program in high school for preconditioning and conditioning. So it wasn't that we weren't used to working out. It was just a whole different level of work of well, workouts. It's, and it's also a different time commitment because I think we, we may have done those workouts and they were tough workouts, but it was an hour. Right. And now you get to this next level and you're not only doing an hour conditioning workout, you're doing an hour of lifting and then you're doing an hour of skill development. Like you're talking three to four hours a day, mm-hmm. which you're, you're just I, – I don't think anybody could possibly – trained to be ready for that at the time that we were growing up. I think things are different now. But um, I could remember this was like the second week of preseason, and I I completely tore my hamstring. And Mm -hmm. so I set myself back. I didn't really come back until like January of that year and got injured again when I came back, and I tore my MCL on my knee. And it was like one thing after the other. So I never really got myself going. And I'm not making an excuse that injuries were were the only thing, but I think it's just it's so hard to overcome something like that. And when you're – when you're so used to being the best, now you're hurt and you're sitting and watching everybody right. else. You're already set back and you already have people that are kind of filling in your role and taking taking over your position. It's hard to watch all of that and you kind of get caught up in other things. Right. Um, and you're not as focused in on just the basketball part of it. And obviously being at a school like Penn State, there's so many things to do and there's right. so many places to go and there's so many people people there. It's just a, a different experience. But um, like I kind of fell into the same situation similar to what you went through um, partway through my junior year. I was probably having the best year playing-wise. I had just made a shot at the buzzer to beat Iowa at Iowa was the first time Penn State ever won there. Right. I had probably the best game of my career. A couple, couple weeks later, I hurt my foot. And when I hurt my foot, our coach was just not happy. And she got right. to the point where she was like, this is just constant. Well, I, you can't control that. Right. You can't control how your body heals and everything like that. And I had just had it. And I said, I can't can't do this anymore. I don't. More of a mental. It, it was, was more it was mental. mental. It was completely time. mental. Right. And it was like, it was one thing after the other. You're, you're not strong enough. You're not fast enough. You're overweight. You're too skinny. It was like, mm-hmm. make up your mind what it is that, that you want us to do. And and honestly, at that level, they control you so much that they could tell you what to do and you have to do it. Exactly. And and, and it becomes that it's not fun for you to do Oh, it. it's not because it's weighing it's on your job. emotions. Right. It, it's a job, but it's also, think about the toll it takes on you. You're still, you're an 18 to 22-year-old kid, and mm-hmm. you don't know how to process all of that. And, you know, there's people you could talk to about it, but that doesn't always necessarily help either. So, I mean, I just got to a point, I think, where I wasn't having fun, and it was, uh, it was almost uncomfortable to go into practice every day because it was like every time every time I would look at the coaches they kind of they kind of made me feel like they didn't believe I was actually injured and I was like I don't understand this yeah so then you start thinking is it me yep Mm-hmm. Like, what's you, wrong with oh. me? And everybody's kind of looking at you mm-hmm. then thinking, like, that you're something's wrong with you, mm-hmm. that you're always hurt, yeah. and then so watching you, them advance. Well, and, and then you lose your confidence, and you're, you're like – so I walked away, and I stayed in school for my last year. And um, that year, I started to miss basketball. Mm-hmm. And the, the trainers – the strength trainers at the time were very, very nice to me, and they started putting me through workouts, and I started reaching out to schools and um, wanted to play. I still have one more year, and I was like, I can't, I can't finish – with one more year left out there that I didn't play and um, right. went to that went to a Division two school in Lock Haven and, and played that year and it was a completely different experience. Um, it was almost like our high school at the time was tougher than playing at, at, at Lock at Haven. Level, right. Um, but for me, 
I got I got to at least say I finished. I, I came back from the experience I went through. I fought through it. I got better. I, I got in the weight room. I, I think I think doing some of that probably built some of my confidence back. Right. Um, and, and then, then it, it also gave you the opportunity to coach yeah, yeah. as a grad assistant. So if you had not been through that journey, you might not be where you are today. No, I, I'm grateful. I'm grateful to them at Lock Haven because they they paid for school for me for two years. Three masters, and, right. And then I was able to start coaching. I learned how to start the recruiting process. They also, I was a um, recreation and sport management major. I became the director of intramurals at Lock Haven mm-hmm. as a grad student, which is unheard of. Right. Um, so I got so much experience doing that and then was able to move right into into coaching from there and I think that had I not gone through what I went through as a player I don't think I could be the coach that I am today Um, and there's times that I catch myself like saying I I wish I didn't do that because I went through that as a player right and 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 Mm -hmm. to say like I mean to walk away from a division one program Mm -hmm. that is you know known by everybody Mm -hmm. Penn State Lady Lions and to go to a division two program Mm -hmm. that is not you know you're not getting five pairs of sneakers you're not the celebrity on campus Mm -hmm. you know like it's a whole different atmosphere than Penn State so I think it it brings brings you down a few levels right right it knocks (laughs) you down a little bit I know it's the same here I think with me it was just not fun for me Mm -hmm. anymore and it was the first time I was away at school Yes. Do you know what I mean? So, uh, and, and I know that we could go into that. Right. We could go into that for right. a little bit. Like you, you wanted to go. You didn't want to ever have to shower in someone else's shower or use anyone else's bathroom. I just want. <laughs> I just was not ready to leave as a freshman. Um, so staying at Lackawanna was mm-hmm. the best choice for me. And again, I was on full scholarship, so it mm-hmm. was two years. I did not have to pay for college. But going into East Stroudsburg, I was away. I was, you know, meeting new people. It was like all of this independence. And I just thought to myself, like, gosh, I don't know if I want to get up at mm-hmm. five o'clock in the morning to go work out and then go to classes all day. I wanted to be out and meet mm-hmm. people and stuff like that. So I, at the time, I did regret, and I look back now with some regret. And if I hadn't gone through that experience, I don't know if I would have stayed in school to be a teacher and got my master's mm-hmm. as well. I still played intramurals, mm-hmm. and for me, that was fun. Yeah. So it was just kind of like I just wasn't having fun in the game, and it wasn't something a priority for mm-hmm. me to do made that commitment so it was the right decision at the time well I think you bring up a good point too because I did that my senior year I played intramurals and it did it was fun Mm -hmm. there was no pressure it was you went out and you just played and you you had fun with your friends and um, I think that also helped spark me wanting to return but I think you bring up a good point you you kind of got to the point where you said I know I know what I want for the rest of my life and basketball is not necessarily going to be that huge of a part of it where I think we were so different that I didn't know anything else. And I don't mm-hmm. know that I ever could have said, I, I'm going to take this different path. And, and I, I basketball was always what I enjoyed doing and what mm-hmm. I loved doing. And I still was watching the game and trying to learn the game and um, watching daddy still coach. It was like, right. it, it was like, this is who I am and this is what I need to do. So that's kind of why I went back to what I went back to. But I think you're right in, in terms of neither one of us would be where we are if we hadn't gone through that experience. And I think, it's it's hard to find that point where you say I need to walk away even if it's for a little bit mm-hmm. to take a break and to kind of regain who you are you lose your, yourself you a little lose, bit right you do and I think that in any type of situation in life kind of reevaluating your priorities and mm-hmm. seeing what makes you happy and like you said like you walked away from it and then you really missed it and that drove you to go back mm-hmm. to it and work harder and we had talked earlier about Carly Lloyd mm-hmm. um, 
kind of from the USA soccer team mm-hmm. kind of going through something similar. You mm-hmm. know, I was, I was looking at different articles and watching videos, and she had um, – she was kind of in the same situation we were, you know, high school, mm-hmm. all-star. So she was – you know, went to college, and she did really well in college. Mm-hmm. And when she got to play on the USA under-21 team – it was a struggle. She wasn't mm-hmm. a starter. She wasn't like, because again, like your yep. situation, she was coming from a successful program and being the best into a program, the under 21 team that everybody there is the best. That's why they're all mm-hmm. there. So she had explained that she kind of made that decision that she was going to walk away mm-hmm. and just finish out her career at Rutgers. And then she ended up, you know, getting a personal trainer to kind of train her a little bit harder after talking to her parents and she stuck it out. So Mm -hmm. she made a different decision and she kind of talks a little bit about the mental aspect of that, Mm -hmm. which I think that we didn't have the tools at the time to kind of mentally, we were just like, you know, venting to each other and Mm -hmm. to our parents. Carly talked about, you know, the mental aspect and personal training Mm -hmm. and she kind of got into the fact that she compared her experience or being the best and always being you know the all-american on the team not giving fully 100 percent but she was going out and giving 60 70 percent and then when she was challenged on that under 21 team Mm -hmm. when everybody being everybody else is giving 100 percent she can't just get away with giving 60 Mm -hmm. 70 percent and it was discouraging she Mm -hmm. was not getting the the time that she thought she should have gotten so it's interesting to kind of hear that perspective because then it makes me look back and think well jeepers like I was going through the same thing like Mm -hmm. maybe I wasn't giving 100% because my priorities were like oh I want to go out and meet new people Mm -hmm. and I want to you know go to Europe for the summer so I Mm -hmm. wasn't giving I want to go live at the beach for the Mm -hmm. summer and not train Mm -hmm. at East Strasburg for the summer so I just made different decisions. I was not giving 100%. And mm-hmm. I look back now thinking, wow, maybe if I gave 100%, mm-hmm. it would have been different. But I just thought it was interesting because I think that when we talk about youth and you know even high school kids in the same situation, they go from being an all-star in third grade and then they're an all-star in sixth grade. And then they get to be that when you have to try out for the freshman as a freshman, now mm-hmm. you're competing with people that are three years older than you for a varsity spot Mm -hmm. and it's harder it could be more discouraging Mm -hmm. it's very easy to kind of say oh jeepers maybe this isn't for me using mental coaching I think yeah to get past that and then again going on to the college level when you're not the big fish in a small sea it's like everybody's Mm -hmm. swimming together I think that's one of the things that we talk about all the time when recruiting athletes is that you have to realize when you get to the college level you've got to step up what you're doing and step Mm -hmm. up your training. And that might be mental training. It might be what is going to give you an edge. Right. Um, For example, we have, we have a sports psychologist coming to work with all of our athletes this year that's doing an internship. And I'm, I am so excited about it because I think that that's something that not many schools at our level do. And Mm -hmm. that might be something that will give us an edge. Right. um, Because there's not a lot of athletes that actually do it. But back to the Carly Lloyd thing. I think it's really, really cool that you found that because I don't think enough people talk about, the female athletes that go through that. Um, everybody hears the story about Michael Jordan being cut from his high school team, mm-hmm. but somebody like Carly Lloyd, she's 36, 37 years old right, right now. And when you look at you look at her social media, she's probably in the best shape of her life. Right. She's now a, she now has four World Cup victories, um, and she played the last three minutes of the game on Sunday. Right. She wasn't, it wasn't even a starter. She wasn't a starter. She she wasn't the leading goal score goal scorer. She is. She's worked so hard to get to this point in her life, and she's she's still happy and proud to be part of the team. Part of the team. Of, it, because I think she just loves it so much. Mm-hmm. So for her, it was 
any way that she can be part of the team. Yep. And I think that a lot of times with the younger kids is they are so used to being the all-star yes. and being the best and being a starter that accepting the role of, okay, maybe I'm going to be a practice player. And I'm sure you see this all the time at the college level mm -hmm. is accepting the role, mm -hmm. being on the team for a reason. And mm -hmm. if it's not, it might not be that you're going to be a, you know, a double digit scorer and rebounder each game. It might be, you are a practice player. Your role is going to be to get that first team better. And mm -hmm. then when you get out there, you know, to contribute as much as you can. Mm -hmm. And I think that kids have a hard time adjusting to that. Well, kids have a hard time also listening to a coach say, here's what your role is. Right. I think they have a hard time recognizing what their role is. And I think there's many di different factors in that. Mm -hmm. um, and I think one of them is the fact that we talked about that they could have came from a program where they were the best kid. And, and now they're in a program with 10 or 12 other kids, whatever it might be, that are the same level as them. But I think they have a hard time when you as a coach sit down, and this could be at any level, mm -hmm. you sit down and say, here's where I see you fitting into this program. Mm -hmm. And and that could be, you know, you have kids going into seventh and eighth grade now. That could be having to say to, to your son, hey, here's what your role is going to be. You're not going to be the leading scorer, but you may be the best rebounder on the team, and you right. may do these other things in whatever sport it might be. But I think they have a hard time hearing and processing the fact that not everybody is going to be the leading goal scorer. Not everybody right. is going to have and, 50 home runs. And it's, really, it's not even just in sports. Because no. theater, like, mm -hmm. not everybody can be the lead play. Mm -hmm. Not everybody can be the star drummer, you mm -hmm. know? Like, so it's accepting your role, but just wanting to be part of the team mm -hmm. is, I think, something that, that we all struggle with, mm -hmm. right? I mean, yeah. I think it's something, a constant struggle to find where your place is. And I think even going back to Carly Lloyd, you're right. Nobody talks about nobody. the fact. Mm -hmm. uh, like, she goes to different camps throughout the summer, mm -hmm. I believe, in New Jersey, because that's mm -hmm. where she's from. And she talks to these young girls. And I think that if more, if she was able to get her story across to more of our youth, mm -hmm. you know, girls that are looking up to her as a role model to say like, hey, it's okay mm -hmm. if you are thinking about quitting and if you're not, but you have to look back self-reflection. Like, are you giving 100%? Where mm -hmm. are you at? What do you need to do to get better, yep. to get at the next level? And then accepting your role like mm -hmm. and to say to everybody like listen I was not a starter mm -hmm. but like she still got the World Cup she's still yeah. part of the team and she still had to contribute because because of what she did and mm -hmm. she went and hired a trainer and she went and she went and did things again that probably separated her from some people that mm -hmm. weren't willing to put in some extra work or or do some extra skill things that that were necessary for her to get to that level right to push her to the mm -hmm. next level yeah I think that's. I think this is this is probably the perfect time for this. Take the soccer team for example. They're having a huge parade right now in mm -hmm. New York City for them to to start this this platform for young women to say there's. You should see the amount of young girls that are at this this parade. Just right. scrolling through social media and looking at videos and looking at some of the live feed. These young women are role models for the, mm -hmm. these kids, and and I think it's such a good time for this story to be shared about Carly. Right. And I think for her to get her point across and talk about, hey, okay, if you're thinking about quitting, are you doing everything you can? Like you just said it's not mm -hmm. even just about giving it a hundred percent are it, you yeah and is it that like, your feelings are hurt because again we go back to this almost every time we talk but this is not just about sport or about theater or about dance whatever it might be this is teaching you life lessons mm -hmm. that like i always say to my players in four years from now you're going to be sitting in front of your boss and how mm -hmm. are you going to be able to handle criticism from your boss right or if you get your performance review and it's not where you want it to be or you have a deadline 
all of these things are teaching so many different other aspects that are going to help you throughout your life um but but there's so many different things that they could be doing to get themselves to that point and i think you you brought you brought up some great points especially with the mental mental training and that's where um i'm excited because next episode we are going to have an expert on that is going to teach us through the mental aspect of the game and how we could teach the younger generation Mm -hmm. the proper tools of what they need in order to mentally be prepared for life. I'm so excited too. She's a Division One softball player. Yes. Right? So she could, she could relate to all of this. And right. Um, I can't and wait I'm to ho- hear what she I'm has. I'm hoping we could take some good ideas from her and, and use them in our own lives too. Yes, definitely. Hopefully you enjoyed listening to our background a little bit about our experience as athletes and why we, we chose to walk away or go back. And hopefully you'll continue to listen to our podcast. If you have any feedback, please reach out to us on social media, soulsisterspodcast.com. We're on Instagram at soulsisterspod and we are on Facebook as well. And make sure to click subscribe so you don't miss the next episode as we talk about mental training and what it takes in order to get that edge in sport or in life. Until next time, we're not perfect, but nobody is.